Welcome to episode 13 of the Nostalgia Mixtape, a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty Gooden. Hello, world. It's your girl, Christina. And we are back, guys. Hello. It's been such a long time. Like, it's been a long time, but it hasn't felt like a long time. Shouldn't but I we have to. Got a dope beat for step two. Sorry, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> yeah, no, we had to leave you though, because we needed a break. It was it was a lot going on. It's tired. But it doesn't matter now because we're back. We're we're all geared up and ready to go for season two. And this week's episode is all about our favorite black sitcoms. We just want to talk about why we love them. Um, we want to talk about some of our favorite moments from them, and we'll probably name a few episodes as well. We'll just kind of see how it flows. Uh, but before we get into today's podcast, please make sure you're following us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod, and you can keep the conversation going with Nostalgia Mix Pod, hashtag, excuse me, Nostalgia Mix Pod, if you have any reactions to what we're saying or any additional thoughts of your own. Please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play and rate our podcast. We can be found on Podbean and on our WordPress page at nostalgiamixpod.wordpress.com. So before we get into the recap and the meat of today's episode, wanted to touch up and brush up on a few housekeeping things. Um, in 2019, we guys, you guys, we are changing our format. So season two, which is what we're starting with now, we're still going to keep the bi-weekly format and we're going to keep the same general flow of the show with our nostalgia recap and then kind of going into our main topic. But we are going to make our seasons a bit shorter so we can plan for bigger things later this year. Uh, Christina and I have been talking on and off throughout the break and we want to roll out some bigger and better things. We want to do some t-shirts, maybe do some contests and giveaways. Um, we definitely want to do more live tweeting this year, but the only way we can do that is if we kind of shorten up those seasons, give ourselves more breaks in between the seasons. And if our listenership grows, that's going to be like the main thing for us guys is really getting more listeners in. Um, so please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you don't follow us there already, make sure that you're sharing our tweets, you know, engage with us online using the hashtag nostalgia mix pod and let your friends know that we are out here and we exist. Um, so for season two on forward, we're going to run them for six episodes each. So for example, season two is going to run Six episodes is going to be 12 weeks. So that will put us wrapping up season two right around the end of March. Then we'll be back for another round after we take a three week break and we'll go right into season three. So, you know, again, the shorter seasons are going to help us have some recording breaks so we can work on all those other awesome things that we want to do for the podcast. And as always, if you have any questions about our new format or kind of um, some things that may be coming down the pipeline, please reach out to us on Twitter, or you can also email us at nostalgiamixpod at gmail.com. I'm actually really excited about doing like small short seasons that way. One, like any project you do, you're always told to break it down into smaller chunks. And so with us doing smaller chunk seasons where, you know, each one is going to be six episodes per season, you know, mm -hmm. eventually in the future, you know, we can do an, an entire theme season where we pick a topic and like we just cover that entire theme extensively or like have a seasons where we have a whole bunch of guests. It's just going to help us plan to do bigger and better things. So like, don't get discouraged. Don't leave us. Stay around. We're going to do some amazing things this year. Um, we're just trying to make things a little bit more manageable for us as a two-person team. Um, right. And, you know, 
it just again it's just going to help us plan to do some awesome things in the future so stick around we're going to be here and you can always go back and listen to older shows um one of the reasons why we picked trying to do like a nostalgia topic for our podcast in general is you know with pop culture current pop culture podcast it gets kind of dated like you're not going to go back and listen to a current pop culture podcast from a year and a half ago a lot of people don't some people will occasionally but for the most part people don't really do that we want this to be a little bit more timeless so you can go back and reminisce and like share it with a friend or share it with your family um or like you know you see a fresh prince episode and you go back and listen to our episode of the fresh prince because it's hilarious like we want that experience so um bear with us we are going to do some amazing things in 2019 and I cannot wait. Me either. And that is a good point, you know, that you can just kind of go back and revisit those. And I, um, I believe I said it before when we did our Save by the Bell episode, but like one of my favorite, just favorite podcast period that I like to go back and listen to over and over again is uh, Go Bayside, which is a Save by the Bell podcast where uh, comedian April Richardson just breaks down each episode of Saved by the Bell, she has a guest on every episode. They sit down, they watch the episode, and then they just kind of like critique it and pick it apart mm-hmm. and just laugh at things that don't make any sense. Like, it is always a good time to go back and listen to that because it is never not funny. Exactly. Every, every time I think me. about Saved by the Bell, I just think about that podcast or something that she said, like, related to the episode, and I just crack up laughing. Exactly. It's like me, not a funny show, but it's like me and the West Wing Weekly. The West Wing went off the air what 10 years ago or something like that mm-hmm. but i still go back and watch old episodes of the west wing and think about episodes of the west wing weekly that i've listened to and like little tidbits of the show that i didn't know about when i was watching it when i was younger that i now know so you know go back listen to some of our old episodes they're pretty awesome if i do say so myself um and get ready for what's coming awesome so we have been in communication obviously you and i christina but let the people know, how have you been since we last recorded an episode back in November? What's been I going on? So happy. So happy that the holidays are over. We've talked. I'm a little bit of a Scrooge <laughs> McDuck. I do not like the holidays. Well, I don't like Christmas. Thanksgiving, I'm okay with. Halloween, I love. Me and Christmas just are not, not friends at all. Um, for so many reasons, that that's a whole other podcast episode in and of itself. But um, I'm so happy they're over. You also know, um, most of you know that I work at a movie theater and the holiday season is the most busy time of the year for theaters. And I work Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Christmas Eve and Christmas and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And I'm just like, I just need a break. (laughs) I'm so happy it's January 2018 was kind of crappy. Um, Mm -hmm. Broke my ankle. And a celebratory news, my mom finally finished her cancer treatment. That's one of the things that I went through last year that I don't think I talked about on the podcast, but um, she was diagnosed with a form of cancer last July. um, And we caught it early enough that her chemotherapy treatment didn't last that long. And so her last treatment was in January. um, Well, earlier, like about a week and a half ago. So we are very, very excited about that. I'm so thankful to God that we have made it through this dark cloud and that it's 2019. New things are coming. Um, holidays were crazy of course um but i pretty much got everything i wanted i saw my family it was great um we actually went to go see a few movies um we went to go see bumblebee together uh, me and my mom and my cousin um and my aunt so that was fun um and i've seen quite a few other movies like aquaman and Mm -hmm. uh what else did i see i saw wreck it ralph i saw um 
Spider-Verse, right? Spider-Verse was amazing. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Spider-Verse is probably one of the greatest movies I have ever seen in my life, animated or not. Like that movie was amazing and I can't wait to see it again. Um, and it's crazy because like, I've never really been a huge Spider-Man fan. Like everybody mm-hmm. knows that about me. Like it's not, I grew up on the X-Men, so Gambit is bae to me. Um, never really cared about Spider-Man at all. Um, don't really care about Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Don't care about Andrew Garfield. Tom Holland is adorable. Um, but if I'd have seen Into the Spider-Verse first, I would be a much better Spider-Man fan. Like, I'm a huge fan now. I love him, Miles Morales. I love uh, Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen's, like, my favorite. I love her costume. Mm-hmm. Her costume is, like, one of the best superhero costumes ever. Yeah, like, even my husband was like, yo, she's got a dope costume. Right. <laughs> he I was like, you know, I mean... He was like, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I love Miles' costume, but he was like, Spider Gwen's costume is super dope. Right. Um, I love it. I bought um like a Spider Gwen blazer from Think Geek for Christmas, but it's mm-hmm. I need to get it tailored because the armholes aren't big enough for my bingo wings. Um, but that movie was amazing. I saw Crimes of Grindelwald because we had an employee screening of it. I wanted to go to sleep in the middle of it. Um. Mm, yeah i didn't i did not enjoy that aquaman was great <laughs> like i said uh that's been a bone of contention at work because some people hated it and some people loved it so it's just it's funny um to have a conversation about that i've seen so many things bumblebee was good um i need to go see if beale street could talk um lots and lots of movies that are pretty great or yeah. movies that are getting good reviews that i want to see um and I've just, I, outside of being at work, that's pretty much all I've done this holiday season. Um, it's just work, 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 work. Um, so yeah, glad it's January. Glad we are uh, moving forward with life. Hopefully 2019 will be much kinder to me and my family. Um, I'm excited. We're going to Vegas next month. Uh, super excited. Uh, I am, come hell or high water, going to see the Backstreet Boys because they have two shows that weekend that I'll be there. Um I might go to both. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, oh, awesome. And then birthdays coming up in the summer. Two th- I'm looking for 2019. 2018 can kick rocks. 2019, let's get it. Like, I'm excited. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing. 18 is in the past. It's over. You don't have to worry about it anymore. It's all about looking forward and looking toward, forward to the next thing. So exactly. we'll leave 2018 where it is. But yeah, I mean, over the break, I... I had a really good break. It, it kind of had some ups and downs there. Um, I was having some minor health issues myself or whatever that I never quite got figured out. Issues with my chest and stuff. I feel like it's tied to some type of anxiety thing or something, mm-hmm. but um, never got it pinpointed down. So I had an okay Thanksgiving. Um, we traveled up to Norristown, Pennsylvania, where my sister-in-law lives at, and we did Thanksgiving up there with her in-laws. Oh, yeah, and I mean it was cool because my uh my niece's birthday is in November and so we had like a birthday party for her and I didn't have to cook or do anything and which is great for me because I always end up kind of getting wrapped up into some kind of like cooking or working in the kitchen in some capacity, you know, mm-hmm. during the holidays. So that was cool, but I didn't feel that well while I was there. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know how it is when you don't feel well and then you're kind of mm-hmm. like stuck around a bunch of people and everything. It was just kind of like uh but you know, I, I kind of grinned and bared through it and it was all good. And um, then, of course, I'm kind of the opposite with Christina, where I'm like a Christmas fanatic. So I watched uh, just all of the holiday movies and did all of the holiday things and looked at lights and did all the decorating and all of that, all of that jazz and stuff. I had a good Christmas. Uh, my sister came up 
from Florida with her family. They came to Yay. my mom's house. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. It, it was kind of odd because I don't remember the last time that we spent two Christmases in a row. Cause last year we went, well, in 2017, excuse me, we went down to Florida to her house. And then 2018, okay. she came up this way to my mom's house in North Carolina. So that was cool to spend it with all my, um, all my nieces and my nephew, I don't get a chance to see them that often. Mm -hmm. So to kind of get the time to spend with them. And I took the last two weeks. No, it was actually really kind of like the last week of the last full week of December. And then like that half week where it was half December, half January. So basically like a two week block that I took off where I didn't, I didn't do any writing. I didn't check any emails. I didn't do any type of work stuff and it was fantastic like I don't remember the last time I took a break for that long um, because I freelance I work for a website and then I work at a um, I work in a financial institution on a part-time temp basis so it was just all of that stuff has constantly been going on going on so it was Mm -hmm. good to just rest and recharge and I spent some time kind of thinking about the podcast and some things that you know I want to do this year and um so far this year is going okay um last couple of days haven't been great but but you know overall it's been good I've actually been in the middle of doing this uh fast with my church Mm -hmm. um and we started it we kind of talked about the idea and everything right after Christmas and uh did a wonderful program for New Year's I actually uh praise dance in the program and so yeah that went good it went good it was fun um my, my church is a fun kind of an unconventional group a fun group in the best way um but we're doing like a fast where we're doing like no meat no sweets no caffeine um no alcohol no anything so it's just really fresh fruits and vegetables um a lot of water a lot of meditation prayer however you you know however you want to connect with you know with god and everything and that's been that's been really cool it's kind of opened up some doors of clarity and stuff for me and it kind of gave my body a reset so it was kind of nice to kind of start the year off fresh so i've been pretty much doing like a vegan diet so far and i feel physically you know pretty well Mm -hmm. or whatever if i could just get past some of the other stuff i think i'll be good but you know overall my break was good um enjoyed the time off and stuff like that and just kind of ready to i'm like christine i'm ready to get going on the year i'll be um speaking at a conference next month in LA, I'm doing a keynote speech out there about intersectional fandom um, and women's women of color's place in the Doctor Who fandom specifically because Doctor Who is my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a birthday next month and I'll be out in LA on my birthday. So that's going to be pretty cool. Excitamente. It is. Lots of exciting stuff coming up. So right, we're actually going to be over on that side of the country at the same time, just not in the same area, which is going to be pretty dope. Um, right <laughs> but uh it's gonna be like two ships crossed in the night basically um but yeah i cannot wait 2019 is gonna be amazing it is gonna be great so what do you have for your recap today i just have really one thing um okay. because i want to keep it simple um but apparently this not this week last week was mm-hmm. the 20th anniversary of Britney Spears' debut album, Baby One More Time. Yes. And why are we so old? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> I had that joint on cassette tape and I Same. played it so much that my mom told me to literally turn it off because she was tired of them damn songs. <laughs> like, in her in her words. <laughs> she was so sick of Britney Spears that because album... I wore that tape out. Same. Uh-huh. I loved, 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 
me some Britney Spears when I was growing up. Not just that album, like all the albums are good. Yes. Um, Obsessed I with Britney. I was one of those people, I think we've talked about this with other artists, where I used to like record the videos on VHS tape and then mm-hmm. like rewind them 85 times so I could learn the dance moves. Yep. Um, so I did that with all the Britneys because Britney was a phenomenal dancer um, back then until she twist broke her ACL, I think. Um, and just... Maybe one more time. Great song, great video. Um, trivia, it was shot in the same schools that they shot Grease, which if anybody knows me, they know that's one of my favorite movies. Um, I just love that video. I love all those songs, like From the Bottom of My Broken Heart and Born to Make You Happy. And just, I'm so happy Britney Spears exists. I really want to see her in Vegas. She's actually, I guess she was supposed to be doing a new show in Vegas, like not the old one, but she was going to do like a brand new show. Um, but her right. dad is But sick. her dad was sick, right? Yeah, so yeah. she's going to be canceling that for a while. I would love to see her. Um, she's probably not, she's definitely not going to be there when I'm in Vegas next month, but um, she would be on my list if she was there to go see. Um, like such an icon. Like I was watching some old videos of hers one day. Like, the Toxic video is still amazing. The, um, there's another video that's really, really dope, and I can't think of what it is right now. It'll come to me. The Toxic video is great. The, mm-hmm. uh, Oops, I Did It Again video is great. Like, I just even... love Toxic as a song. Like, right? <laughs> somebody on Twitter, and, and guys, you know, I mean, this is their question, not mine. So, they posted a question asking black twitter what were their favorite white people songs Mm. (laughs) one of mine was britney toxic britney spears toxic because i love that song like and there's no way i can hear it and be in a bad mood like it's an instant mood booster the song is great the video is great it's got tyson beckford in it she's like on a bike and yes behind him riding around it and i'm just like this is weird but i'm going with it um just an icon i was watching uh me against the music which is her song with Madonna, which is one of my favorite like songs by her, which also has a very young Columbus short like on her left. Um, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. I did not know they used to date and like. Work yes, band. they did. It's just like <laughs> Britney Spears and Columbus short. I don't That's see it. Fine, I guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. But I mean, I guess. I guess it was a thing. I guess it's the dance that brought them together. We're going to go with it. It's like, like it's a Saved by the Dance movie. Saved by the, yeah. Save the Last Dance. Save the Last Dance. I said Saved by the Dance. I'm combining that and Saved by the Bell, guys. I'm not here. Yeah, it's like a, it's like that in real life, but and then weirder. Like, it's crazy because I keep seeing the meme all, all over the internet or Tumblr, like every now and again, it'll pop up where it's like, you know, the older you get, the older you start to realize that her little breakdown was justified and you totally get like why she did those things. And, you know. I, I've definitely, I've never randomly shaved my head like that, like her. Right. Which to me is such an iconic moment. Like, sometimes you go through things and the thing that you want to do to, like, control the situation is cut all your hair off. Definitely been there, done that. Right. Um, so, like, maybe when it was happening, you were like, oh, what's going on with Brady? But now that I'm, like, 32, I'm like, you know what? I totally get I, it. I totally get it. Like, yeah. I mean, I she had, like, two here. kids back to back. You know, relationship falls apart. She had an aunt that passed away. Like, all of this stuff happened to her. At the same time. Super, super quick or whatever. And then the shaving the head thing is, you know, it's so interesting that you put it like that because 
I remember watching the episode of the Red Table Talk where they had Will on. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he had kind of like, you know, planned out this whole career trajectory for Willow. Mm-hmm. And she did whip my hair. And then she was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. And he's like, you know, her hair off. Right, yeah. He's like, no, you made a commitment. And she's like, no, daddy, you made a commitment. I didn't say I was going to do anything. And so that was how she reacted to him trying to force her down that path that she wasn't ready to go down at the time. She went mm-hmm. upstairs and shaved her head off, you know, she as a kid. Not doing this. And I mean, she was gorgeous even with like the bald head um, oh yeah and she's and the thing is like piggybacking on the willow smith thing i her music is amazing to me not just with my hair which with my hair is still a banger but like all the stuff that she's come out with since great is also amazing mm-hmm. and if you haven't listened to like the willow smith like how she is now musically you need to her stuff is phenomenal it's a little out there and a little weird Sometimes I play Why Don't You Cry just over and over and over again. Like, I just keep that song on repeat. That's dope. Um, I loved, she did a project a couple years ago. If it wasn't last year, it was the year before last. Um, And there's a song on there called Human Leech, which is great. She's got a song with Chloe and Hallie, which is pretty dope. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really bad at names of music now because I just stream everything. Like, we don't buy CDs anymore. Um, Right. I just kind of hit play and just let things play. Um. But all of her stuff is amazing. And if you haven't checked out Willow Smith, Willow Smith's current music, like you really do need to. Like she is phenomenal. And she's going to be a super mega star whenever she decides she wants to be that. Or if she doesn't, she doesn't have to. But she's always going to be making really great music. And I kind of called that when my hair came out. I was like, she's different. And people need to watch out for her. Right. Um, Because she's super talented. Her and her brother are both out there and weird, but like in the best ways possible. So... Have you noticed that we can't talk about anything without somehow looping back around to the Smith family? Oh, no, no, no. It's totally a thing. It's one of like the the Ten Commandments of the Nostalgia Mixtape podcast is somehow everything has to relate back to Will Smith and his family. Yeah. If we're not talking about them, then we're talking about Janet or we're talking about Missy or something Mm -hmm. like that. And speaking of Missy, one of my nostalgia recap things is that Missy Elliott has finally, finally been inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. My God. It's like the year of everybody getting the Finally things, getting the things they deserve. The, right. Because not only is she getting inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Did we talk about this in the last episode about Janet Jackson being finally inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of we Fame? We did. Yes, we at, did. At the same time that like Justin Timberlake's career is kind of tanking and the guy that was over CBS <sighs> being booted. Good old Les like, that getting him up out of there. Just like the stars mm. are aligning and karma has like come out and decided to reign supreme and is like all right so we're gonna give black women everything that they came for <laughs> this yeah, see, year when you, do, when you do clown stuff the clownery, clownery comes, comes back, back to you. bite <laughs> <laughs> iconic line iconic tv show <laughs> listen that's the truth but i am so happy for missy like that's this super dope um she's actually her hometown is right around the corner from where i live at now virginia she's from portsmouth virginia she's the first female hip-hop artist to be inducted into the hall of fame so congratulations to missy like anything that she gets she deserves like all i want to see now is for her to get that video vanguard yes it's it's time her her and Busta Rhymes both need it because both of their videos have just always been a cut above the rest of the playing field like right especially missy missy just goes over and beyond 
when like even her older videos from like the 90s like she's a bitch with her in the all black and then like coming out of the water and still dancing and then she recreated that last last year year before last mm-hmm. whenever that was dope even like the call me 911 video the sakatemi video the sakatemi video where everyone's dressed up like mega man i love like, that video running around mars like such... I mean, but that's stuff that you could put on TV now and it seems new. It's, it's just new and exactly. inventive and stuff like that. Like the sound of her music. There's nothing about her music that sounds dated at oh. all. Like well, you can listen to Hot that. Boys now. You could put Hot Boys on the radio and it's better than everything that's on the radio right now. I need Crazy. to come out with another album. And like, let's not forget that like her music itself is phenomenal, but she wrote so much stuff for so many other people. Like... You know, she wrote, um, what's that Monica song where she's talking about slapping people? So Gone? Uh, so yes. Gone, yeah. She wrote that. She wrote a lot of stuff for Beyonce and Destiny's Child. She wrote a lot of stuff for a lot of people and is still writing stuff for people. Mm-hmm. Like, And she tries to play like she can't sing when she can. And I don't know why she tries to pretend like she can't sing, but she can. She's so, just so humble and sweet and just, uh, just adorable. I just want to hug her same she deserves oh my god i mean because she just deserves it all she's like so sweet about every compliment that people give her she's like oh my gosh me really me and i'm like yeah really you like do you not realize that you're missy elliott like i don't feel like she really knows like the magnitude of the impact that she's made on not only just on music but just on a whole generation of people you know your name carries weight like you are what so many people aspire to be like just you deserve. You deserve it all. It's awesome. So congrats to Missy. Um, next one that I had was, there was a tweet that I saw out there uh, and somebody just joking around and stuff. And they were talking about the Set It Off movie and, you know, In Vogue did the main song for the Set It Off movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> and in the tweet, they were like, you know, oh, you know, executives are just saying, you know, make sure that everybody in this group can sing Lee. And then they had In Vogue basically being like, you know, say no more. And they posted a right. clip of just everybody killing it they all at the end of that song they all just kind of get there like everybody gets their chance to shine bars to just everybody to kills it kill <laughs> such a great song you don't have a whole lot of groups out there where like every single person in the group can sing there's right. always like two or three really good singers and then two or three that are just kind of like background and just can hold the note but aren't really either they can't sing all that well or they're not given the opportunity to sing all that well or like step out and shine, like with B2K. Like Amarion sings all the songs. Right. No idea where Brad is. Yeah, if he leaves, like, who's going to sing? Because ain't nobody else ready to get a band sing. It's like when uh, uh, the the members of New Edition that are not Ralph Trez fans and Johnny Gill decided they wanted to go on the road. It's like, who's going to sing the songs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. That RBRM, whatever group they got going on, nope. Put that just, group back. Just, just and I love Bobby Brown. Y'all know I love Bobby, but nope. Just have a seat. <laughs> put that put that group back where you got it from. Don't take that out there on the road. No, I'm not trying to see that. They did. Yeah, I but that video, we're going to link it in the show notes of uh, In Vogue. I think it was like the very tail end of the Don't yeah, Let Go uh, video or whatever. 
And it's just, it's amazing. So I just wanted to bring that to you guys' attention because anytime you can bring up In Vogue, like, I don't know what's going on with the group now. I know they're down to three members and they've got like a newer person that's been around for a couple of years and they released something last year. I, I wasn't really feeling it, but like that classic lineup of In Vogue, ain't nobody out here messing with them. Like nobody, nobody, nobody can top them. Vocally, you put them beside any other anybody girl group and, they, and they're going to demolish them. Pretty much, yeah. Because they there's just something about black women singing together in unison that is amazing. And all four of them tear it down in that song. Like I could literally just listen to that last minute and a half on repeat and be good. Like that's all I need is just that last minute and a half. Cause whew, as a singer, it's just like sends chills through my veins. So good. It's fantastic. So that was good. Um, and then I saw another tweet out there where somebody shared a video I hadn't seen in a while and it was uh I I don't know what special it was from or anything I feel like it was something that Beyonce did like through own network or some special she did through Oprah or something but it was showing a throwback video of Beyonce when she first met Tina Turner oh yeah I've seen that video and I just love it so much because I mean you know how highly revered Beyonce is um in the pop culture lexicon now or whatever but the fact that she got a chance to meet her idol, like that there's somebody out there that Beyonce idolizes. It's just so super cute. And what better person to idolize than Tina Turner? And you can so see it. Like there's so much Tina Turner just all in Beyonce. You can clear it that she, you can see that she clearly influenced her career and everything. Absolutely. And they had like a little snippet of them when they performed together. And I remember- amazing performance. It was so good. I remember later on, she was uh, laughing because she was so embarrassed that she stepped on Tina Turner's foot during a performance because she was so nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, you got to be. I'm like, look at that. Tina Turner just being a legend and inspiring everybody in the world. There's actually, speaking of Beyonce and Tina Turner, there's a. You remember when VH1 used to do Divas Live? Yeah. So there's a performance of Beyonce on one of them doing uh, Proud Mary. She did Proud with Mary, Jewel. right? Yeah. Yeah, she did Proud Mary with Jewel. And Jewel's not the type of thing, singer that you would think that would do that song. But apparently, like, Beyonce helped her a lot to, like, just kind of step out of her her lane that she's in, for the most part. Uh, and they both killed it. Like, yeah, because Jewel is, like, super chill, you know? She is. She and is. it's such an amped up song and everything. One of my favorite things to do is just to get on YouTube and just watch Tina Turner performance videos. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just... God, I mean, the, the crazy amount of, like, ener- energy and style and everything like that. And like I said, you look now and you see artists that came behind her, like, you know, Janet Jackson and even on down to, you know, the newer age of artists or whatever, like Beyonce. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to, I used to term newer loosely because, I mean, Beyonce has been around for 20-something years. But, right. you know, still, you look at how she just influenced so many of the Black women that came after her. So I just, I love that Beyonce was basically, like, she skipped over to her and hugged her. She was like a kid. It was so mm-hmm. cute. I love that video. That would be like me if I performed with Tina Turner. Like, because <sighs> I love, I love that woman. Like, and if you don't love Tina Turner, then something is wrong with you. Like, I mean, I'm going to let people like what they like. But if you don't like Tina Turner, then we probably can't be friends. Girl, like, who just who do you be. love if you don't love Tina Turner? Gotta love Tina Turner, man. She's the best. So yeah. kind of switching gears a bit. Of course, you know me. I always have a whole bunch of recap stuff. Mm-hmm. While we were on break, I think it was not too soon after we actually went on our break, B2K announced that they were going on tour. And, you know, I was like, and initially I'm like, you know, yay, 
yay, stuff like that. And I'm still like, really, yay. You know, I got my tickets. They're mm-hmm. coming to my town. So I'm going. I've got close tickets. Like, I'm super excited because it's going to be them, the Yin Yang twins, Bobby V, um, Mario. Who else? I'm missing mm-hmm. one or two people. Did you say, did you say Bobby Valentino? Is Pretty Ricky coming too? Pretty, Pretty Ricky. Ricky. Coming too. Yes, that's who I was missing. Pretty Ricky. Um, so basically, just if you are close to our age (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you like, you know, came into your teenage years in the early two thousands or something like that. Then these are all people that, you know, you were listening to in some capacity at some point because B2K was everywhere and pretty Ricky was everywhere for the Mm -hmm. short amount of time that they were around. And Bobby Valentino was everywhere. And the Yin Yang twins were everywhere. So it's just going to be like one big high school college ish type of celebration. It's going to be a bunch of like women there from ages like 30 to like 38 mm-hmm. <laughs> just That's wearing jersey dresses and airbrush things and doing the chicken head and it's just going to be oh chingy speaking oh. of chicken head chingy was the one that I was leaving out there we go doing yeah. the chicken head and wearing those like bracelets with i mean not bracelets belts with the buckles with the the studded names words and on stuff them. like that <laughs> and the led belt buckles where you can program it to say whatever you want to say and it's gonna be a lot of that <laughs> People are going to be so ridiculous and I'm going to have my big grown ridiculous tail right there just looking silly with the rest of them and I'm going to be um, uh-huh and bump, bump, bumping right along with everybody else. But I'm, I'm just hoping because my show is like fifth in the tour lineup. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just hoping that they just make it through the whole thing because I, I'm getting the feeling that they're faking the funk and pretending that they like each other a little bit more than they actually do. Yeah, there's not just a to lot get of... through this and and get to make the money. Like they did like a video saying, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you know, we're B two K, we're back together and stuff. But something felt Nobody off in that video. Enthused. Nobody sounded Nobody enthusiastic sounds enthused at all. No, it sounds like they're trying to you know capitalize off the nostalgia wave mm-hmm. and make some money and stuff. Which hey, I ain't mad. You know, take no. my money. I'm glad to be there and everything because I love the B two K. Like posters on my wall, all of that stuff you know, crazy about B2K or whatever. So I'm cool. Like went to the screen tours, did all of mm-hmm. that stuff. But I just hope they make it through. I, I've been I've been praying. I got my prayers going up for them because oh. I just hope they get along. And, you know, the drama Fizz hanging out with Omarion's baby mama. And I'm like, oh Lord, have mercy. Right. I just hope y'all make it. <laughs> I just need somebody to not swing on somebody on stage. Although if that does happen, I need to see a video of it. So please make sure that you have your cameras charged and ready. Um, but I hope that tickets are refundable and I hope people got tickets to earlier dates. Cause I don't know how long, like I really, I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, Danity Kane tried to go on tour and it was four <laughs> of them and then Andrea dropped out. And then the next thing you know, Girl, that was a mess. Dawn got into a fight in the oh. studio and one of them punched the other person in the face and all hell broke loose. And then they tried it again. And apparently they're on tour now with just the three of them. And like, they do. Apparently they do Danity Kane songs together and then they do like each other songs together because Dawn is her own solo artist and then Aubrey and Shannon are like a duo together. So they're doing each other songs and stuff and there hasn't been any drama. Day 26 is also on tour or something. But there's oh, wow. only four of them. Now something happened to Brian. I don't know. I've been looking, but I don't know what's happening. Um, so, you know, all these 90s groups are getting together and you're just like, 90s, early 2000s, and you're just like, um, if y'all could stop fighting, that'd be great. Right. That's all um, I want them to do is just get through it. Like I said, because <laughs> when I was looking at the tickets, so I saw where they were coming to Virginia, like, 
coming coming to Hampton where I'm at or whatever. So I was like, cool. And then I thought about trying to maybe go to one of the North Carolina shows because I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to one of the North Carolina shows, you know, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? I looked at how those dates were lined up. And then I thought about them not getting along. And I was like, let me go ahead and go to this Virginia show. Because I feel like they're going to make it through at least the first five or six shows. Right. <laughs> That's enough to make a little bit of money to, you know, to do all right and stuff. That second leg of the tour. Mm, I don't know about none of them. Might none not of them dates, don't make Chief. it. Yeah, they might not don't make it. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. I will be there. I will be taking pictures and posting things on the Twitter page. So you guys will keep up with me then. That date is on March the 16th. So it's a Saturday and I've got a, um, one of my friends is going to come up and she's going to go with me or whatever, but I will be keeping you guys updated and posting video and they better be on stage with some matching outfits and I want to see them dancing hard. And Mm -hmm, like I said, mm -hmm. they better, uh uh-huh and bump, bump, bump and Omarion better chest pop and touch all over that stage because I done paid the money for these tickets and I want a whole show. You know what's sad? Don't be trying to be lazy because y'all old. Give me a whole show. Y'all yeah, because because you're not even that old. Because we're around the same age. I just need. I just. It took me a while to realize. Somebody tweeted about it when like they were announcing that the tour was happening and stuff like that. Why is it that all of their songs are like sound effects? Like the titles of all of their songs are sound effects. <laughs> like, please explain. They have a song called "Uh Huh." I hadn't even thought about that. And bump bump bump. And there's. Uh, bada boom from the you got served soundtrack and i'm just like why are all of your song sound effects i don't know i had never thought about that before (laughs) and i'm just like it yeah (laughs) they are all sound effects like i don't know what's going on but i'm happy for them because i think this is going to be the last time that they get together and perform mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, based on after this. yeah, based on tweets and things that I've seen, I think this is going to be. I mean, because Omarion, he's been talking about it a little bit more publicly than everyone else, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense with him being the you know the front man. And the thing about Omarion is that I mean, he could still kind of go on and do other things because he mm-hmm. does have other songs and has released you know other music that people want to hear. Right. Um. But you know, everybody else has kind of been. I don't know what everyone else has been doing. Just kind of chilling. Yeah. You know this is on some that? reality show. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. watch reality TV, but apparently he's up there being ratchet. I don't know. He's on one of the Love and Hip Hops. Um, Hollywood, I think. Yeah, I don't know what Rasby does. Something. Who knows? I follow Jay Boog on Instagram. He just, I mean, I don't know what he does, but he looks good doing whatever he does because I like follow him on Instagram and I look at all his pictures. So I don't really know what they're doing. You know what I also forget? I forget that Amarion came out with an album with Bow Wow. And it was basically they were doing like the juniors version of the best of both worlds. And oh yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) What songs are on that? Some other random things that sound like sound effects. It's actually not bad. I was listening to it maybe a couple months ago for some odd reason. I was just like, you know what? This album doesn't suck. Is it the world's greatest album? Is it like the blueprint? No. But yeah, I'm glad they aren't bringing Bow Wow along either because he's petty. Yeah, he's petty. Like, let's just let's leave Shad Moss over in his own corner. He's definitely trying to make the whole thing about him, and it's the B2K Millennium Tour, not yours. So, right. But what a genius idea. Like, and then I love that they call it the Millennium Tour because I am constantly telling people that millennials are not teenagers, 
They are not. No. We <laughs> are millennials. Like we are literally in the middle of the millennial generation and we are in our early thirties. So people love to say millennials are killing this and killing that when they're talking about teenagers. And I'm like, you're not talking about us. We're, we're I mean, not, we're, they're not, we're killing quite a bit too, but it, we it are. definitely is a, and we're killing things on purpose. I mean, well, not really on purpose, but for good reason, like killing the housing industry, yeah. right. Killing the housing industry. Well, that's because none of us can afford to buy a house. So Right. I don't want to get off on that tangent, but I'm excited <laughs> about the Millennium Tour. I don't have tickets yet. I plan on getting them. We'll see what happens. But my schedule is kind of at the mercy of the movie schedule. And the date in March is, I think, around the time Captain Marvel comes out. So we'll see what happens. Right. Well, I do. I got my tickets. So like I said, I'll keep you guys updated and everything. So last nostalgia recap thing for me, I'm going to wrap it up so we can get into today's topic. Um, I saw where Google did the ad with Kevin McAllister. Somehow they bought oh, Colin McCulkin back. That was so good. It came out like right around Christmas time, right? Mm-hmm. And had him like back in the house, jumping on the bed. But it was so funny. He jumps on the bed. Of course, he like, <laughs> he kind of has to sit down and stuff like that because his bones are old and everything. But it was just so oh, quirky man. and unexpected and like just completely on brand or whatever. I love seeing Colin McCulkin. He looked good in the ad too. He does. Like, he does. yeah, look, yeah, look nice and healthy and all this stuff like that. So good for him. I'm glad he's still sticking around and doing well. I know he's had kind of some rough shakes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it always kind of bothers me when, you know, when those those people that you grew up watching from your childhood go through some rough times or whatever. So it's good to kind of see him handle all those dust ups and, and come right. back and stuff. And I hope to see him as himself soon because he is a talented guy, super talented. Just as a kind of other thing on the same line of like ads and like nostalgic ads, you notice Geico is bringing back all of their old ads. They are. They brought back like the caveman and the airport. That's like mad because there's a caveman on the wall, and like there's the one where the guy's like in the hospital and his son is uh just been born, and he calls his family collect and like tells his family that you know he had a kid, and then like there's the the pig going wee 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 all the way home, and just I love every single one of them. I feel like they're doing something with like that leading up to the Super Bowl. Like I feel like that's what they're doing, right? Um, and then maybe like whichever one is like the most popular one is going to be played at the Super Bowl or something like that. Like, I feel like that's what they're doing, but it's kind of fun to see like the Geico caveman back, um, because all those commercials are hilarious. They, they have some genius advertising over at Geico. Um, a lot of the, for some odd reason, a lot of the insurance ones are really good. Like mayhem is my favorite. Me and, it my, is. me and my sister's favorite mayhem is hilarious. I love those. Um, my sister, because that's the the guy that plays mayhem was on Oz, which is one of my sister's favorite shows, and like that's her favorite character ever in the history of television. So she really loves those commercials. But mayhem is awesome. The Geico cavemen are awesome. Like I'm excited to see all of those ads come back. They're cute, and they're probably on YouTube. You can vote for which one is your favorite. I don't know which one is my favorite yet. We'll figure it out. Ooh, it's I don't know. Be the caveman, though. Now I gotta go back and watch them because mm-hmm. I've probably forgotten. Like I remember the pig saying "we" all the way home. Mm-hmm. I always laughed at that one a little bit harder than I probably should have. It's, it's I don't annoying. know if I'm like corny or what's wrong with me. It's very, it's a very corny commercial, but it's also like absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it, it is. I do. I feel time. so childish every time I laugh at it, but I definitely laugh like way too hard. And I'm thinking in my head, like you're laughing way too hard at this you're corny and so it's this commercial but it's all good it really is all good because laughter is good for the soul it is 
for today's topic, guys, throwback black sitcoms. So, Christina, why do you think we just love our good old classic black sitcoms just in general? Uh, because they are hilarious and absolutely ridiculous, but they make us feel good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, going back to the reason why we started this podcast, you know, the world's kind of a dumpster fire. It's still a dumpster fire in 2019. <laughs> and, you know, those old classic black sitcoms from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s still make us feel really good and are still pretty hilarious. I kind of went down a YouTube rabbit hole today looking at different clips from shows that I liked when I was younger. I was just like, man, I wish these were still, some of them are on TV still. Some of them are, but like some of them aren't. And you're just like, can we just put Family Matters back on TV, please? Like, Right. Yeah. You wish you had somewhere to be able to stream it at. Mm-hmm. Is Family Matters on Hulu? I don't think so. Because I thought they had gotten a bunch of those shows like Family Matters and, and other shows like that on Hulu. Hmm. I'm going to find out here in a moment. I'm going to have to double check with that. Um, but yeah they just make you feel good they make you remember you know watching those episodes for the first time or like you know what your favorite characters were and all that jazz it just it's fun it's good for the soul yeah for me I love them you know same reasons that you said about kind of like that escapism getting away from things that are going on right now and kind of getting to travel back to the past a bit and there's such a, a neat time capsule too like, it's it just so, it's so much fun to go back and like watch a Fresh Prince episode or something like that and look at how they were dressed. And, you know, I've kind of touched on this a couple of times before. Look at, you know, how people interacted with each other and how different it was when you're looking at like teenagers and stuff interacting with each other because you didn't have cell phones. You didn't have some of the technology that you have now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that some of them were really bold and daring and not necessarily in a way where they were trying to, you know, be overly offensive and, you know, and hurt other people or anything like that. But I think they just kind of stretched the capacity of what a person could be and kind of the multitude of blackness. Cause you saw so many different types of characters that represented such a wide spectrum of blackness. So you had everybody from like your Whitley's and your Hillary's of the world and everything. And then you kind of had uh, people that kind of fell in the middle, like your Moishas and stuff who grew up in kind mm-hmm. of an upper middle-class neighborhood. And so kind of was really sheltered from the hood in a way. And then you had like your will who was like a fish out of water who came from the hood and ended up in this rich environment. So you just had this wide span of things that were covered. And even if you talk about some of like those foundational sitcoms that really come before our time period that we typically cover on the nostalgia mm-hmm. mixtape, like your good times. I mean, you really hadn't seen yeah, a TV show like that where they just followed a family that lived in the projects and talked about the real stuff that happened in their life every day. And, you know, it was kind of an interesting take because it wasn't all necessarily doom and gloom. Like they showed their happy times and showed them being together and loving together, you know, and just living a regular life or whatever. It really kind of took a lot of those stigmas and and open up the doors in a different way that people who can't relate to that experience hadn't got a chance to see prior you know what i'm saying exactly like it's so good to see people that look like you right like people with similar experiences to you on tv like i know people him and haw about diversity now but it's like there's a value in being able to see a similar situation to yours on screen or like absolutely look like you on screen um, which is another reason why those shows are so important. Like I grew up at, with a black family. A lot of people that probably listen to this podcast did. So like seeing how, seeing things that made you realize that like, you're not alone in the world and you, 
we're not the only person to go through this situation. It's funny. I see the tweets online where like, you know how people talk about the the little cookie can that looks like it's supposed to have cookies in it, but not but it's got it's sewing, got sewing stuff, stuff in it. In it. <laughs> and like people are like, yo, we all really did grow up in the same household. And it's like, yeah, most of us did. Right, like, right. That's what those shows kind of exemplifies. Like, like even if they're ridiculous or silly things happen on the shows, like it makes you realize that like you're not, alone in the world right but the core of it is still things you can relate to because like even with the fresh prince like neither one of us can relate to going to live with a rich relative and you know in in california or whatever but we can relate to some of the experiences and the feelings and stuff we had and it's like oh yeah so even though they grew up a different type of you know in a different type of situation a different Mm -hmm. socioeconomic situation that we did we still experience the same type of you know, upbringing at its core because exactly. Dr. Phil, I mean, I almost said Dr. Phil, mm, Uncle Phil reminds me of a lot of dads that I knew. Right. You know, I mean, Aunt, Aunt Viv, especially OG Aunt Viv or whatever, reminds you a lot of the moms and stuff that you know or whatever. Like she would mm-hmm. go down to somewhere, you somewhere you ain't supposed to be at, like when they were over in Compton, your mama would come down there and get your butt and make you come back home and tell somebody off in a heartbeat. And you saw her do that or whatever. So it's just how wide that black experience is and kind of how, how much of a spectrum that it really covers, you know? And I think it's so dope with us having a platform like this to be able to just talk about that stuff because a lot of times, um, and I think we said this in our initial episode, our debut episode, how so much of the nostalgia preoccupation right now tends to filter through a white lens. Exactly. And so, you know, it's, it's nice to for us to be able to get together and talk about things that are closer to our experience and to realize that the nostalgia for us is completely different than it would be for the average white person, you know? Exactly. It's like, it's, it makes you realize that you're different from certain people, but at the same time, like, it makes you realize, again, that you're not alone. There's probably a lot of situations where as a white person watching, like, a different world or family matters or something like that and their family tells they have the dad that tells the same corny jokes right or they have the mom that told them that they're gonna get rid of their you know electronics and stuff like that because they failed the test or something like that like experiences are universal that's why diversity is so important that's why like having shows with black families and white families and asian families and all that stuff is so important right is to make you realize that like that we have so many different that we don't have as many differences you know (laughs) not really different at all but um it's good that we are celebrating those shows that have people that look like us and talk like us and have similar experiences but also not really but being able to also take away from those experiences like like you said with you know will going to live with somebody a side of the family that is more well off than his own. Like that's not an experience either one of us have had, but we can still learn from the lessons that he has learned. Will Smith, the character has learned on the TV. Right. Um, because, you know, those lessons are universal regardless um, of where you come from. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. And you know, when I kind of compare it to, and you know, not really to be overly comparative, because of course it's two different times, different actors, you know, different approach to how TV is done nowadays as it was 20 or 30 years ago. But I don't know if I've really found a sitcom that kind of captures that same type of magic, you know, and I don't know if maybe I'm just kind of funneling those older ones through that nostalgia lens. And maybe that's kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, I feel like to a certain extent, I kind of do that. But then in a way, when I'm going back and I'm looking at some of those shows, I'm also kind of realizing that, oh, some of this stuff was kind of 
wow, like it would not yes. fly on TV today. <laughs> Absolutely not. So I don't think I'm too overly rosy about it where I'm like, oh, I just look past all of that terrible things that they said about, you know, this group of people or that group of people, because that's just how the times were. You know, I don't think I'm necessarily in that vein of things, but I do think that you kind of do put on those rose colored lenses and you're looking at stuff. So, but I don't know. Do you really feel like any of the sitcoms that are out today kind of have that same, that same magic and kind of grab you the same way that those sitcoms did back then? Not really. Like, I don't, I can't really keep a consistent TV schedule, which is why Netflix works so well for me because I can watch it whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, they're not, it's also because, you know, we've grown up and learned a lot more now that we're in our 30s versus we're, where we were when we were in our teens. So I don't think it's going, even a show that will come out today is going to connect the same way. Like, I don't even really watch a whole lot of sitcoms because I just think they're kind of silly at this point right. even though like family matters and all of those things were also silly <laughs> like, yeah but you know you're also 20 years younger so. <laughs> there's also a certain level of silly that i can like tolerate but like like i was watching there's a clip from family matters where i guess urkel made a robot and the robot kind of tossed him in like a closet or something like that and then like lord what's the girl's name laura no Laura Winslow? That's her name. The one he was obsessed with, Laura. Yeah. Right. Uh, Like to the house and the basement and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. If somebody would have tried to do this storyline today, I'd be like, y'all need to get out of here. (laughs) And your show needs to be canceled immediately. But like seeing a little Urkel robot roaming around, is like the most hilarious thing. I don't know why. It's one of those weird things where it's like, yeah, that was funny then. It's definitely not going to work now at all. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> yeah, and for me it's not even that you know I'm like oh you know it's too silly for me anything because I watch some pretty ridiculous stuff um well, yeah Doctor Who is yeah Doctor Who could get pretty ridiculous sometimes or whatever but I think it's also a, a mix in there too so I mean it has like it's ridiculous outlandish moments like mm-hmm. killer bubble wrap and stuff like that but there are also I mean there are did also say, moments where wait 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 wait, <laughs> wait we're gonna have to pause right there did you say killer bubble wrap that came up this past season. It's it's a long story. It's a long Killer, story. Okay. We're going to talk about that later. Because <laughs> um, I need to know what's going on with the color bubble wrap. You know, but they I also balance it out with like heartfelt themes. And they talk about, you know, um, I don't know. They, they have some, you know, some type of political stance and stuff in there too. And they mm-hmm. also dealt with, you know, with racism and social inequity and things like that, because they have a black companion and they have a uh, South Asian companion as well. So they dealt with a lot of those things. So it's, it's more of a balance, you know, it's not just all like, you know, silly, silly, ridiculous, what in the world is going on all the time. And like I said, I've got a pretty high level tolerance for, you know, silly and kind of outlandish things because I do like sci-fi. I do like, you know, fantasy. I like things where Mm-hmm. You you definitely stretch outside of the truth and outside of the realm of reality, um, but I don't know. I just I just feel like a lot of the sitcoms, and it's not that for me not trying because I do watch a lot of TV. I write for a website where I cover TV, so mm-hmm. I kind of by design end up watching a lot of different types of things. But the sitcoms just don't land with me the same way that for me. I mean, I guess the only way I guess it would have to be more like a something with a science fiction or some other type of element that maybe has some type of situational comedy and stuff kind of infused into it, but just like a straight up sitcom with like the laugh tracks and things like that. Like, what did I watch a couple of nights ago? Mm. 
it was something, it was called like the fam or fam or something where like there was this couple and they just got engaged. And then she finds out that, you know, her, you know, dad, who's no good, you know, suddenly let her mm-hmm. sister escape and her sister shows up on the front door. And I tried to watch it and, you know, had the laugh track and they're just telling a bunch of just corny jokes. And I'm just like, this is, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I it's think like- the only sitcoms I've maybe connected with is Blackish. I like that well enough. But I don't watch it consistent enough to really be maybe as into it as I should be. Mm-hmm. I honestly have probably never sat down and watched an entire episode of Blackish. Now, I've definitely watched a few uh, episodes of Grownish, which I think is an amazing show. But I mean, college was what, 13 years ago for me? <laughs> right. It's almost like I can't, I can relate to it because I've been through it, but. But again, they're going through it in a completely different type of way than we did. Exactly. You like, know? That's the thing. Like, it's one thing if it's, I feel like it's a, it's a spectrum where like, if I haven't been through it yet, then I can relate to it a little bit more because I know I'll get there. But like, now that I'm past college so far that like, I can't, Right. it, it doesn't do it for me. Um, the show is cute. The show is adorable. Like the storylines are great but like i can only connect to it so much because their experience of college is vastly different than where i was 13 years ago right same so i mean i don't know i just i can't really think of a sitcom out there right now because when i look at my roster of things that i watch they are either like it's way more serious superhero related which those are pretty pretty dramatic these days and i watch a lot of drama so like you how to get away with murders and you know things like that like that's kind of what i'm watching now yeah i'm Definitely more drama focused uh, this day and age for me um, personally. Not really a whole lot of sitcoms that I'm watching. Um, but if I'm going to watch a sitcom, it's going to be one of those old ones um, just because I connect to them. And it's a part of my history, for lack of better words. Right. Um, right. So, what are some of like your picks for throwback sitcoms? Well, Family Matters is probably definitely going to be at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because there's like, I don't remember a lot of the episodes of Family Matters before Steve Urkel was a thing. Because there definitely was a time on Family Matters when Steve Urkel was not a thing. Right. Like, he just, like, popped up every now and then. And then all of a sudden, he just took over. He became the show. Yeah. Um, And that's when poor little Judy just went upstairs. We ain't never see her again. (laughs) What'd they do with that girl? (laughs) How you just get rid of a whole child on a show? Like, in the middle of the show. I can understand filming a pilot. And then right. maybe deciding like after that pilot to like make some changes and switch things up. Cause shows do that all the time where mm-hmm. they may have a pilot with, you know, two kids and then they bump it up to three because for whatever reason, sitcoms love to have three kids in them. I don't, I don't know why, but I guess maybe to have that extra person to kind of balance some things out or something. But yeah, she just left. She just went upstairs one episode and just never came Never back. came back again. Um, maybe who knows? Um, so like, that show was amazing to me. I loved Laura Winslow. Like I kind of thought I was her um, when I was growing up. And Steve Urkel was just hilarious. Like super nerd. And then there was the whole Stefan or Carol storyline. where like so ridiculous. He created a <laughs> like time machine thing or whatever in his basement, which is not even a thing. That show me. got increasingly sci- hey, more sci-fi so- and weird as it went on. Like the longer hey, it went boy. on, the weirder it got. <laughs> There was one clip I was watching on YouTube where, like, uh, Carl and, like, one of his police buddies were getting into an argument because Carl's mom should not have a driver's license anymore. Um, 
and they were having a fight. And I don't know know if you remember Rachel's place, like the yeah the, the restaurant that they used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Urkel was trying to split up the fight and was like, "I'll give you guys a piece of pie if y'all just sit down and settle down or whatnot," which turned into like a pie fight. But the only person that got pie in their face was Urkel because like people just kept moving around and ducking and stuff like that. And like, I'm fairly certain I watched it when it came out and was rolling because, oh, pie in the face is hilarious. But like, you see it coming now where you're just like, oh, so Urkel's about to get pie in the face because that's right. what's going to happen. That's how comedy works. Right. And then what's going to happen is Carl and his little cop buddy are going to switch places and the other cop is going to duck this time and Earth he's going to get pie in the face. face. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, how is it that the one person that's not even in this fight is the one with pie in the face? Catching all the pies. Oh my God. <laughs> right. So, I, that show is just classic. It's so much fun. It's ridiculous. There's, I keep seeing uh, the clip on um, Twitter where they're doing the Urkel. I guess Urkel has a dance and a song. Yes. How does Urkel have a dance and a song? Like, yeah, that was like in an episode. Decided? That was in an episode where he actually like taught people the Urkel dance, and they were actually, they had like the song playing in the background. I don't know, you know how songs just came out of nowhere in sitcoms. Like, where's this music Ooh. coming from? But either way, like he was teaching people how to do the Urkel dance. It was who wrote the Urkel song? Like who? Like and everybody in the little scene was jamming to it. Like it was in Duck If You Buck or uh, <laughs> Back That Ass Up, and I'm just like. How does everybody know this song? Family Matters is on Hulu. It is. I looked up that uh, when we were talking about it earlier. It is on Hulu, which means I'm about to binge watch all of it. Um, But like, why does he have his own dance? Holy moly. It was on for nine seasons? Short season. Well, not really short seasons. All of them are like 22 episodes. But wasn't it just like a half hour comedy? Right. It was a half hour comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm going to go binge watch all of those later can't wait um but yeah that show was just absolutely ridiculous but it was funny um steve urkel is not steve urkel julia white is still fine to this day yes he is the the stefan urkel thing always got me because i'm like it's steve without glasses on it's like the it's like the clark kent superman thing it's like not suspenders like yeah like if you just take the nerdy clothes off of him and it was so weird as the show got towards the later seasons because like he was clearly turning into like a man so he's like grown as hell with like muscles and stuff like that in these tiny nerdy clothes and i'm like y'all we got to we got to wrap the show up. Like I love Family Matters, but at that point I was like, there ain't no way you got me believing that this built grown man is still dressing <laughs> like this. Like he was he had like all the arm muscles. Like really, go and look at like the later episodes. And he's got like so many muscles and I he's totally all tall. And it's like at one point they were debating whether or not like Laura was debating whether or not she wanted Steve to stay Steve or Steve to stay Stefan. And it was like a big storyline about like right you know do i want to stay stuck this way and it's like wait what <laughs> what? Like, what is this show doing what's what happening right now <laughs> oh, oh man so he had a whole mustache dressed like a nerd i just i don't know what's going on i have no idea either but and doing the polka and just <laughs> didn't he have one of them and that little car he used to drive <laughs> oh my god 
Oh my god, they had his big tail in that car. Like, I mean, it, it just made more sense when he was younger. But as they got older, I was like, stop dressing this grown man like this. With some hot waters and some suspenders and a too tight t-shirt. Right, like I feel like his sense of style, like nerd or not nerd, like I feel like his sense of style would have changed. They literally were trying to dress him like they did when he was like 12. Because I mean, weren't they like middle school age when it started? I think so. Middle school, late middle school, and a high school maybe? Right. Mm-mm. Oh my God. <laughs> I did. I loved, I loved Family Matters too. Like just so super hilarious and funny and stuff. But, you know, to me, a lot of people kind of got upset in the later seasons because they felt like he jumped the shark when it started getting too sci-fi and stuff. But I don't ever remember not enjoying it. Right. It was just always... Like, I just kind of took it in stride and was like, okay, this is a thing. Like, after Steve had wrecked their house like four billion times, anything can happen at this point because these people have the highest insurance premium on their house ever. Like, now as an adult, when you're going back and looking at it, it's like, how did you afford to keep fixing all this stuff? He would literally just, like, crash an entire, like, vehicle through their kitchen. And by the next episode, it would be fixed. Like, nothing (laughs) had changed and you're just like, oh that's fine we can just continue to crash things into the house that's why that's totally okay crazy crazy oh my god he was a nut and a terrorist to that family and i'm surprised they continued to open the door (laughs) but they didn't have to open the door because he just crashed in through the kitchen in a vehicle or with a machine or whatever he was doing at the time like it just it didn't make any sense it see like I said, that show would not fly today because people would be like, this show was too ridiculous and too crazy. But that show was genius and absolute gold when it came out. It was. Yeah, I did. I love that. Um, you know, of course, me, I, I can't do a black sitcom thing without talking about The Fresh Prince. And I'm not going to dive into it too far because, of course, we did, we did a that. deep dive into it in a previous episode. And we'll make sure we link in the show notes here back to the episode. But go back and listen to our Fresh Prince episode, guys. It's really good. We got like really deep into a few episodes and talked about some other things, talked about characters and all that stuff. But that's like my honorable mention because um, mm-hmm. The Fresh Prince is like to me, like the for me, it's my favorite black sitcom for sure. Of all mm-hmm. time. And like, if I were going to rank probably my top favorite shows across all genres, Fresh Prince will be on it. Will mm-hmm. never get old to me. I love all the episodes. I mean, sometimes they got, it wasn't, it didn't quite skew over into like the ridiculousness thing because there wasn't really any like science fiction type element that came in mm-hmm. like it did with Family Matters. But they, right. they got pretty silly sometimes, but they also were able to reel it back in and kind of ground things and stuff that's in rooted in reality that we can re- relate to and stuff but shout out to the fresh prince for being mm-hmm. being my fave it's it's one of christina's fave like we just love the fresh prince so much who doesn't speaking of musicians and sitcoms uh, another rabbit hole that i kind of fell down on on the youtube is the jamie fox show yes uh, roaches i feel like that was like wait. get out of my house <laughs> that that song just sends me every time i have to link in the show notes this is not on the jamie fox show but i don't know if you remember a few years back when he hosted the espies and he was saying let me be your tennis ball to yes Serena Williams. <laughs> and then came back with the remix with tanks the next year oh my god he had them brothers harmonizing in the background while he popped out of a whole tennis like a big tennis ball 
Just as soon as I saw the tennis ball come out on stage, I was like, this man played too much. Way too much. He was on a couch inside of a tennis ball and had Serena come up there and smack him on the butt (laughs) with a racket with a heart on it. With his face. You know what? Jamie Foxx is a nut. Jamie Foxx is crazy. And the evidence is in his show because that show is absolutely insane. Um, There's one clip that I saw... um, I haven't seen the Jamie Foxx show in forever. It comes on some network, but it's a network that we don't have in my house and it makes me angry. So there's a clip with him and Braxton. I guess they were living together at some point. And yeah. they were getting into an argument and Jamie decided that his bright idea was split the house in half. And so like, <laughs> there's like a, a, a line <laughs> down the middle of the living room. And so Jamie's like, I'm going to watch TV. And Braxton's like, well, the outlet is on my side of the house. So he unplugged it. And then they break out into a dance battle. So like Jamie's doing his little hip hop thing. And Braxton is like doing the Lord of the Dance because he listens to classical music and he's that kind of guy. And then all of a sudden they start playing Beat It. (laughs) And the both of them, like Braxton goes and gets like one of the like red jackets from the video. (laughs) And starts dancing like Michael Jackson, and he even has like a, a a sparkly glove on the wall, and it's like in a glass case. So he punches the glass case and then puts the glove on, and starts dancing like Michael Jackson. And I'm like, what I is love happening? it. <laughs> I need to find that because I honestly don't remember that. Like That's I just, hilarious. I just remember them. I, I love them arguing, like how they would just get at each other all the time. And again, you talk about like seeing different types of people. Like that was what I loved about like characters like Braxton and your Carltons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because I mean, that's a black experience too. Like all black people are not the same. You know, they are definitely not. So I mean, I just enjoyed Braxton so much or whatever because he would always try to act like super highbrow and stuff. And Jamie would just cut him off at the knees every, every single, single time. time. <laughs> Every single time. It was always hilarious them two going back and forth. I remember. And like, I also think that the Jamie Foxx show is just an excuse for Jamie Foxx to sing because it seems like every episode he's singing. There's like a 13 minute montage on YouTube about him, um, like different clips of him singing. Right. Like he was singing um, with, I guess there was a girl at the ad agency that he was working at because like when he left the hotel, he went to an ad agency. Yeah, yeah. I remember like that. a jingle company. Um, and they had like a jingle off at the jingle company and they were singing about rice. <laughs> <laughs> Every time and I think about him singing, I go back to that Roaches song. And I... <laughs> the, the plain white rice song is also hilarious because like they're going round for round. And I feel like the girl that's in that scene is like from SWV or like Brownstone or something like that. Cause the girl's got a set of pipes on her. Oh my God. But, um, you know, that's what I love about the sitcoms too. Like kind of. People just randomly off. show up on it. Yeah, like all the celebrities that popped up on these shows. It's just crazy. Um, So they had a sing-off where they were singing about playing white rice and Jamie was about <laughs> to tap out. And dude was like, what am I supposed to Jamie was like, what am I supposed to do? He's like, go BB and CC on him. Which one? Both. And then he just like goes off on this run and I'm just like, Jamie Foxx has always been the man. Like, always. He really like, has. His, his vocal ability is still insane i want him to come out with another album i was listening to him his two albums that came out you know with lame it and all that other stuff on it um dude's just insanely talented he really is and always has been ray still Um, blows me away like every time i watch it yes yes absolutely phenomenal it's crazy but that was like the whole premise of the jamie fox show was basically i mean Mm -hmm. that's what his character was doing was trying to 
Be make a, it as a singer. Make it as a singer or whatever. So it was all about his hijinks of trying to make it while working at the hotel in the meantime, you know? Any anytime somebody got married at the hotel, Jamie sitting there singing with the organ. Um singing like classic R and B songs or making up songs off the top of his head. I remember I don't know how Jamie ended up in a psychiatric unit, but he was in a psychiatric unit and there was like I don't remember who the guy is and you'll have to forgive me but he was like a classic r&b singer mm-hmm. and he got him to start singing in the psychiatric unit and everybody they were singing treat her like a lady i don't know who sings that song i'm terrible um but literally the jamie fox show is jamie fox being funny and an excuse for jamie fox to sing every day and that's why i love that show it's probably also in my top five sitcoms um fancy was hilarious his they weren't his parents they were like his aunt and it uncle, was his aunt and uncle. Right? yeah helen and junior hotel. Um, they were hilarious. And the guy that plays Junior is like, he's almost like Pops, where like you see him and everything, but you don't exactly know what his name is. But you know him as Junior. Yeah, I was going like to say, everything. you know his name. Yeah. Um, Just like Pops. Like, I don't know what his name is off the top of my head. Pops from the Wayans Brothers? Pops. Yes. In every, oh. He's Pops in everything. Now, I do <laughs> know his name. John Witherspoon. Now, the guy yes. from Jamie Foxx, don't, don't get me to line or whatever. That was a good cast, though. Yes. Like, because I mean, I know, I know, like, the aunt and uncle, the actors that played them, both of them have long, you know, long Long histories, long acting career and stuff like that. And then, of course, you had Garcelle Beauvau and Jamie and the guy that played Braxton. That was a good, solid cast or whatever. It's always great to see, like, casts like that where, like, for example, we were talking about the Wayne's brothers and then we've talked about the Fresh Prince and how, like, the leads of the cast are kind of the younger crowd, like the Jamie Foxes and the Will Smiths and stuff like that. But then they're supported by these amazing casts. Like, you know, Will's aunt and uncle were people that have worked for years before that. Right. Uh, Jamie's aunt and uncle and Jamie Foxo were people that you know and are established. Even like we were talking about the Wayans brothers and how John Witherspoon is on that show. And he's been in everything before that and has still been in everything. Um, they are really good at casting like, right. peripherals to kind of help buck up the actual people that are you know, the name of the show for lack of better words. Um, right. Yeah. And so it really elevated them like, and forced them to become exactly. the actors that they became today. I mean, Will Smith wouldn't be who he is today if he hadn't had to, to act and stand up on the on screen and be there beside James Avery, you know? Exactly. Like it helps them become greater. Like if it, I don't think if it, if it wasn't for some of those older actors being supporting cast that those shows would have been as great. Like, right. Because, Will Smith and Jamie Foxx and the Waynes brothers kind of cut their teeth on their show, on right. their shows. Yeah, um, I mean, because they're able, the, the older actors have the experience to be able to, you know, to kind of ad-lib and kind of to mm-hmm. play play along with things and stuff like that and encouraging them to ad-lib and everything. So they just, I think they probably exactly. just bring a whole nother dynamic to, to the set. Exactly. Like, oh, if I, I like wish I could have been a fly on the wall for some of those sets because like they had to have been amazing backstage experiences or like just being able to kind of sit up under more well-known established actors and just learn from them well that's kind of what like tatiana was saying when i had um interviewed her a few months back and i talked about it on a podcast before you know we kind of talked a little bit not really off the record i was still recording and stuff but just kind of casual talk or whatever about her experience on the fresh prince and she was just saying how amazing it was to work up under you know the likes of James Avery and Janet Hubert and stuff like that and how how much she learned from them and how it really encouraged her to keep going how much patience mm-hmm. they had with them and all of that stuff so she was like you know it definitely 
helped me elevate my game. And she was like, and I was just so blessed and fortunate to be able to work with such greats so early on in my career to learn about professionalism and to learn about, you know, how things really work on a set. She was like, because, you know, you do guest spots and stuff. She was like, but it's completely different when you're actually on a sitcom full time, you know, and having to put in that work. And she was like, especially as a child to be surrounded by good, solid people that have your best interests at heart. Cause she was like, there are so many people that have, you know, gone astray. And she was like, and they are, you know, she was like, especially with James Avery, you know, and even with Will and all of them kind of being older and mentoring her or whatever, keeping keeping up with her and keeping an interest in her. She was like, there are so many people that went down the wrong path and made right. bad decisions afterwards. She was like, and, you know, I feel like they definitely, them along with my, you know, with her parents, of course, kind of helped her stay encouraged and stay kind of on that on that path towards success that she continued to be right. on, you know? Right. It's good that they had those mentors in their lives because I don't think we would have the Will Smith and the Jamie Foxx and the Waynes brothers that we know if it wasn't for the people that they got to work with on their sitcoms when they were younger. Um, which is another thing that makes those shows so timeless. Like, I don't, and maybe it's me because I'm black and I'm in my 30s, but like, I don't see a lot of that mentorship in some other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that makes it even better to go back and watch those shows, especially because like, you know, Will Smith, Jamie Foxx, the Wayne's brothers, they're still out, out there still killing it. Um, it also makes those shows looking back on them more special because you knew Will Smith before he was Ali. You knew Jamie Foxx before right. he was Ray. You knew the Wayne's brothers before, um, whichever Wayne's brother is in the GI Joe movies, like was a GI Joe basically and had done other things. Um, you knew them before that because you grew up on their shows and it makes you like super excited to see them in movies. Like, right. Yeah. I'm hoping nowadays we see more of those. You see more of that mentorship. Like you were saying, I think I kind of see it on black lightning. Um, Mm -hmm. because you've got a Cress Williams who, you know, has a long, long acting history and stuff like that. He was yep. on Living Single and Scooter. And, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about Living Single later because that's definitely on my list. Um, but he was on Living Single mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I um, also talked with Nafisa Williams, who plays mm-hmm. Thunder on the show or whatever. So she's one of the, you know, one of the younger, one of the daughters on the show. She was talking about what it's like, the dynamic on that set. And listening to her talk about their dynamic on the set kind of reminds me of what, Tatiana was saying earlier about their dynamic or whatever, where you have younger people like China and McLean and stuff, and they're looking to these older actors to kind of, you know, even though they've been in the game, like China Ann's been around for a long time and has a lot of experience right. and stuff, but still kind of having that that father-daughter relationship and having somebody there that you can trust and you can build off of or whatever that has that wide range of experience. You know, for somebody like uh like Nafisa, that's incredible because she's really this is really her first like big, big thing. Like she's been in a couple of small things before, but this is her first big role. And so she's hoping to kind of take this to the next level and maybe one day be that mentor, be that guiding person for the generation and stuff that come after her. Right. So I do. I love Black Lightning. Like that's one of the shows. It's not a it's not a sitcom. You know, it's superhero show and everything like that. But there are certain parts of it, like the so good. Yeah, like the family dynamic and stuff. How much I love Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil. Like that's I, I kind of get those same feelings watching their family on that show and watching the parents yeah. on that show and how they parent their kids and how they interact with them and how they respect them and how they accept them for who they are. You know, and everything. Like, it's super dope. I'm like, I, we, I want more shows like that. Like, that show has all of the different little pieces that I love. It's got okay. that that family tie that I've got in there. It's got some of those comedy elements that come in sometimes. It also takes on this more serious thing. And it's got the superhero stuff. Like, 
as far as right now, if you know, if you're not watching Black Lightning, you should definitely check it out. It's a great show. It is a really, really amazing. Um, it there's not really a whole lot like it on TV. Yeah, no, no, yeah, and that kind of, like I said, it kind of leads me into one of my picks with mentioning mentioning Chris Williams. It's Living Single, which is a thousand times better than Friends. I don't understand. And worth people... more than a and worth more than a hundred million dollars. Okay, like I just thought I'd put that out there. Sorry. What is what is happening right now? I mean, you got a iconic theme song, which I think is probably part of the reason why we love so many of these shows too. Like they were coming through with the theme songs back then. Yes, yes, they were. I'm over here jamming to it in my head. Right. Yeah. That's why I, I paused for a second. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But I mean, to me, living single, some shows, when you go back and look at sitcoms and stuff, they feel kind of outdated and stuff. Nope. I've been going back Not and looking. Single. Yeah. No, I've been going back and watching living single because it's on Hulu now. Um, so I've been going back watching like episodes here and there kind of in between my other TV watching. And it really holds up against the test of time. Like it's humor, um, the situations and stuff they're in and everything. Mm-hmm. It, it all hold it held up incredibly well and you can't say that about all shows like when i think about uh like martin to me a lot of the the comedy and stuff in there just hasn't held up well over the years just it because really of the type of comedy that it used you know and the type of humor that was used in that show yeah i have a hard time watching some older episodes of uh martin just because it just it's just not funny anymore <laughs> right right yeah so i mean i just mm. but no living single is still absolutely hilarious like for me watching that show while it was on it was cool to see khadijah because i've always mm-hmm. been a writer at heart and so it was like my first time really seeing someone on a sitcom who was a black woman who was a writer who had her own magazine and everything and you know, I'm like, wow, this 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 career and like writing and like journalism and stuff, this is a thing that actually really could be possible. Cause to me, she just felt more, I mean, you saw like a couple of women, like black women, like your Robin Roberts and stuff on TV and everything. But to me, she felt more tangible. Yeah. And more real. Like she lived in a place that looked real. It wasn't like a like later on when you had Sex in the City, how Carrie Bradshaw like lived in this banging apartment that would be worth like I don't know how, like a million million dollars or something like that, that, you know, she wouldn't be able to afford. Like she was living with her friends and, you know, and, and running this place, like the office felt real. All of it just felt super real to me or whatever. And I love all of the cast. Like they're probably my favorite quartet of women friends. Women. Yeah. And maybe because all of them are so different and you just love them for different reasons. Like I love Khadijah for being a writer and kind of, bucking those stereotypes where you know she's a full-figured woman and stuff like that but she had this you know she had a hot love life like she was forever dating somebody fine always forever dating somebody fine you remember the episode where i don't know how he ended up there but i think maybe she was doing a profile on him for the for flavor magazine it was grant hill and like they played Mm -hmm. basketball and grant like twisted his ankle and they ended up dating for a while i don't remember seeing that episode i remember hearing about it i'm fairly certain i've seen it but it's just been so long that it's just my brain is not putting two and two together but yeah like always bagging somebody fine like and i'm jealous <laughs> girl listen and clearly since chris williams is out here is prospering on black light and still looking fine like she knows how to pick him very well yes oh my god love her and i like max because i mean of course who who doesn't love maxine shaw attorney at law at law you do yeah i mean because she's like super to me she kind of 
went against some of the, or she kind of took the, took the negative stereotypes that people say about black women and turn them on mm-hmm. their head because Absolutely. she was, you know, she was independent. She was really outspoken and, you know, and brash and everything like that. But she also was really funny. Like, I mean, Erica Alexander, who interestingly is on black lightning right now in a recurring role, <laughs> kind of connecting those two back together yeah, again or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She's in a recurring role on black lightning right now. Like she just has this impeccable comedic timing. She really does. And apparently she's got like comic books out or something. Yes. Two. She's so awesome. Like, what? I just, I love her. I love her so much to this day. So I do. I loved her. Regine was just straight up pure comedy. Like everybody has, I feel like everybody has like a bougie family member. Mm-hmm. That's like a Regine. So you can yeah. totally relate to her in that way because she's like crazy bougie and stuff. And then Sinclair, I love her and Oberden. Like they just so goofy. And, but I love, I love that sweet, just that sweet, innocent kind of love that they have. Because I feel like a lot of black love when it's portrayed on TV, it always has to be rooted in some kind of like drama or pain or all this stuff like that. But they just have like the sweetest, carefree, goofy love. And I want to see more, like more of that. Yes please like they were just adorable and also ridiculous at the same time but they were just adorable and cute and like relationship goals back then and still relationship goals now right because like relationships don't have to be miserable and full of drama and all about like how much pain somebody can go through to show how much they love you like they just loved each other because they fit and that was it. Like there was no, you know, there was no, you know, major dragging of and heartache and all of this stuff like that. Like I, I love them so much. Super cute. Mm-hmm. And I did that whole show. That whole cast was just stellar. Like absolutely stellar. It was good. And it had so many like good moments and stuff too. I can't necessarily remember all of the episodes because again it's been a while since i've gone back through and watched them all but like that one episode where max's ex came back in town and so she had kyle pretending like he was being her man because she wanted to try to prove her life was perfect and all that stuff and mm-hmm. i mean they were just you could tell they like the undercurrent of them like seething and hating each other but kind mm-hmm. of not hating each other at the same time like they all knew they didn't hate each other right <laughs> like i just love that so much or like when she got fired from her job and that scene that like everybody knows it where they like woke up beside each other they were both naked and they just look at each other and just scream <laughs> right <laughs> like, you know you liked it right it out. that's like my favorite that's my favorite moment right there um and sometimes they could be like kind of silly and crazy like i love the fun things they would do like one time they were getting ready to go out to the club and everything in an episode and like when they went to the club like some dude with a gold tooth was trying to push up on them saying he wanted to stop him up with a biscuit but when they were getting ready in the bathroom and they're all just like they had like their little you know hairbrushes and stuff and they're kind of dancing and you know singing and stuff in the bathroom and Khadijah like imagining them being like a group it's, they were called the flavorettes <laughs> and it was just like her little like sequences of them singing together are so bizarre and funny because of course we all know like Queen Latifah is crazy talented and can sing and everything but everybody else is not so talented mm-hmm. and Max is just being like super ridiculous and funny and like tripping and falling over things and stuff and I don't know I just I love that dynamic that the four of them had together and like to this day I, I you know I just wish I had kind of like that type of sister love, like right there readily available to me. Cause like all of the people that I'm close to, like you and my biological sister and a couple of my other close friends, like we're all so spread apart. Right. And it makes me feel like hella jealous because mm-hmm. 
I'm like, dang, like, we don't necessarily have to live together, but it would be cool, like, to be Can able to get closer? together. Yeah, like, I mean, to be get, to get closer and, like, just close enough where you could be, like, Max and just, like, pop over and grab something out of the refrigerator. You could just sit down and, like, talk about what's going on in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can move back to North Carolina whenever you feel free. <sighs> but is that really the best thing, though? Like, See, overall, now's the perfect opportunity for you to say I can move to Virginia, but, see, you missed it. Well, I've been telling you that, <laughs> but obviously you're not listening to me, so... Nope. You don't want to. You don't nope. want to see me. I don't understand why. I love you though. The best part I is I don't want to move to Virginia. No, I don't blame you. I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to be living in Virginia long. But that's that's another topic for another podcast. On another podcast, me and Tyra can announce that we're moving to the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did. I, I love living single, and you know, kind of following in the same lines with living single girlfriends. Mm. is probably one of my favorite ones because again you've got like a quartet of women and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of showing off like this wide range of different types of black women so you had like you know career-driven people and you had you know Joan who was kind of like you know a bit sensitive and quirky and stuff and then you had Lynn who was like you know kind of like the carefree sex positive you know slacker all of them were hot mess girl yes that is the most hot mess like they win the hot mess group of friends award because they literally fought each other like verbally and physically fought each other joan was a mess because she was just jealous anytime somebody else had a man like mm-hmm. she i mean remember when she left wasn't it tony that got married and she left tony's wedding oh like to no, go and like sort some it. stuff out with a dude like yeah joan was a mess People try to act like, I mean, when I went back and like started watching, because I think MTV2 was like playing like a marathon up and whatever. And I was going back and watching some episodes and stuff. And I'm like, yo, like, I didn't realize how messy Joan was. Because for, for some reason, when I was watching it original run, I'm thinking that Joan is like the one that pretty much has it together for the most part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Joan was just as messy as everybody else. Like she was just a little bit more low key with her messiness. Yeah. A trip. I don't know if I really watched a whole lot of that show. Like, I've seen bits and pieces, but I don't think that was a show. I definitely watched more Living Single than Girlfriends, but I know all of them were messy. But I mean, also, weren't they on BET first? No. They were on UPN. Oh my God. Remember UPN and all right. the shows? They right. Had, yeah. Like, Cause Alicia. remember, yeah. Cause the same people that did the Akils, um, that, that couple, they were the same ones that did Girlfriends are the same ones that did Moesha too. Mm-hmm. and that are now doing black lightning so all of this all those shows it's funny how they're all end up kind of connecting together and stuff in the end right but yeah i did i love girlfriends like just the crazy things they went through and you know it really showed how layered and stuff the characters were because you saw them go through divorces and breakups and you know and makeups and like i said the things they went through in their friendship but through all the stuff they ended up like surviving and coming out on the end of it and being stronger and having a better bond because of it so i do i love friends i mean girlfriends just mm-hmm. amazing neither one of us likes friends do we i mean i don't necessarily hate friends i've watched episodes of it before and i've laughed at things on the show before but i just feel like living single was the better show like when i put it up against like living single and even like a girlfriends or something like that i just enjoyed those shows so much more yeah okay i don't care either i just Netflix should have spent that hundred million. Yeah, like I like it, but I don't care enough about it where I think they should have tried to keep it on. Like if you were going to spend a hundred million dollars, you could have kept Sense8, which is great. Right. Justice for Sense8. 
horse show. It was great. All right, let's move on before I get sad about this. I know, I, I had like a sad moment there. I'm like, oh. We need to do an entire other like offshoot podcast that's like a Sense8 recap because that show is the truth. Wonderful. I also need to go back and watch those again too because I love that show. It's fantastic. So Ain't it? What else you got for us? Um... That was pretty much it. I fell down a rabbit hole with some of the Nickelodeon shows, like Keenan and Kel, <laughs> which I don't necessarily know. It's a sitcom, but it's a kid sitcom, but also hilarious. Because um, another thing, we always talk about Keenan and Kel and how much we love them. Oh, yeah. Uh, they just, Nickelodeon killed it with that show. There's always some hijinks where Keenan is like, all right, meet me out back with like a rope. A paper clip. And a peanut. A stick of gum. <laughs> and a peanut. And Kel would just be like... Poor Kel. <laughs> he just got dragged into so much stuff because he was just not smart. <laughs> he just got dragged into all of the things. And you guys know how we feel about okay. Keenan and Kel. I mean, they still out here killing it. Mm-hmm. Being amazing and awesome and all that stuff like that, I do. And Kel is fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Kel married and I'm married, but... If I were not married and he were not married, I'd be trying to find him. I, no, I'm not going to say that on this podcast <laughs> because that would be putting myself out there entirely too much. So I'm just going to move on and agree that Kel is really fine. It's, all, it's all right. I mean, I'll put it out there because my husband already knows how I feel about Kel. So I have no problem admitting that he's fine. Well, yes. I've got two more that I wanted to go over. And so... Plus, we all watch the same shows anyway, so... Right, right. Yeah, and of course, we can't name all of them and stuff. So if you guys have some you want to talk about or add, then we can keep the conversation going on Twitter at Nostalgia Mix Pot. So let us know if you guys have anything that you want to talk about there. But I definitely would feel kind of remiss if I didn't mention A Different World because I love A Different World. Now, it kind of straddles the line a bit as far mm-hmm. as being a sitcom, because they did kind of take on, I think it started off more sitcom-ish in mm-hmm. season one when Denise was still there. Um, but it kind of veered off into more being like a, I don't know, how would you really classify it? A I mean, drama-y. almost like a comedy, like a comedy drama or a dramedy or something like that. Yeah, I mean, because they did like take on like more of those serious issues and stuff. Um, and interestingly enough, some of my favorite episodes are some of the ones where they took on the more serious stuff, like yeah. um, the Mammy Dearest episode where they had Kim dealing with all of her childhood colorism trauma and stuff from being called right. a mammy and being picked on about her skin color. Um, she kind of went through that journey in that episode of finding her true worth. And, you know, Whitley kind of went through something on the opposite end dealing with her heritage and fig- figuring out that her some of her family members had owned slaves and stuff like that. Um, so, like, the more serious stuff like that, I definitely was into and I appreciated about that. Um, of course I love like the iconic moments, like Dwayne interrupting the wedding, which, you know, now that comes on TV, it's like, whoa, stalker alert, you know, this man needs to chill or whatever. But for some reason, people were really into it being like a big romantic guest- gesture back then or whatever. And I gotta admit, like when I watch it, it kind of makes me feel a little bit of the feels, even though it's a little like it's a little creepy. Yeah. But I'm like, oh There's the there's the other scene that I keep seeing pop up on Twitter where like they're having an argument or something like that. And Whitley is talking to somebody else. And Dwayne walks up to her and was like, I told you 
to follow me. And she just kind of runs off and I'm just like, right. I'm like, I don't know. Is that, that bro? Is that romantic? <laughs> like, I don't think so. No. Yeah, so I don't know. No. The wedding thing and stuff like that. I think it just gives me some feels because of the nostalgia element. But like looking at it like through a logical perspective, it's like, no, that's not okay. Like I didn't, at my wedding, if an ex had showed up declaring his love for me, he would have just got carried out the building. Like that would have been it. There would, there would have been no declaration of love and everything. He probably would have got punched by somebody mm-hmm. and he would have got carried out the building. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's a bit weird, but I mean, it's an iconic moment. You know, I get it or whatever. People love Dwayne, Dwayne Wayne and Whitley and stuff. And it's funny because I was watching a Lifetime Christmas movie and um, it had Kyla Pratt in it and her parents were Dwayne and Whitley. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, it was the actors, you know, Jasmine Guy and uh, Kadeem Hardison or whatever. And so I was like, look at this. This is so cute. Like, I was like, look at y'all dropping in a little 90s Easter egg. I love Lifetime for that this year. Like this past Christmas season, they did a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, they kind of killed it. Yeah, they, they killed it with the 90 stars, like bringing a bunch of them together because they had another movie with Tia, um, Maori, and then they had mm-hmm. uh, the mom and dad from Sister Sister being her mom right. and dad in that movie. Right. So I'm like, look at y'all dropping little 90 sitcom Easter eggs. I see what y'all are doing here. They did it. They did it well, too. So cute. But then, I mean, Different World also could do like comedy, still do situational comedy really well. Like the one episode where Dwayne and Ron got like, they went to like a beach retreat or something like that. And somehow they got mixed up with like these drug dealers and ended up with like a suitcase full of money and cash and they were getting chased around. Like that episode is probably one of the funniest A Different World episodes ever. And it's just, it's hilarious. I crack up every time I see it. Like there's no way I can watch that and not be in a good mood after I finish watching it. Right. That show, again, not one of the shows that I watched a lot but just from the little bit that I do remember of it, like definitely going down as one of the greatest series and one of the greatest sitcoms ever. Like if you want to call it a sitcom, I guess. It is Um, to a certain extent. Yeah. And I love how like, you know, with the resurgence of like nostalgia now that like you can get your uh, like Hillman t-shirts and like, and it comes with like an acceptance letter and I know represent all of that fun stuff. Whoever came up with that idea is an absolute genius. Right. I mean, but it's, that's the thing. Like, I th- and I think so many people are just kind of wanted to have that escapism and go back and watch those shows. And you think about where you were when it was watching it, when you were watching it and how it made you feel. And you kind of get those same feelings stirring back up in you again. Like every time I watch a different world, whatever, I remember, I don't know. I just remember how excited it made me in the future about going to college and stuff. And of course, you know, your real life college experience isn't quite like it is on TV. You know, it's kind of like Saved by the Bell with high school. I mean, but then again, there were also more than 20 people at my high school. Saved by the Bell had approximately 20 kids in the whole school. I don't know what was up with that. But yeah, I mean, you watch stuff on TV and it still kind of makes you feel excited about, you know, excited about the future and stuff. So I do. I love, I love a different world. It's, It's definitely on my I don't know if it's in my top five of like all time, but it's definitely mm-hmm. in my top five sitcoms. Right. Yeah, it's in my top five sitcoms for sure. And then one of my little bit, I guess it's a lot lesser known ones that mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Disney will maybe, since they're doing this streaming service thing, please, please, please put famous Jet Jackson up there. Cause I love Jet Jackson. 
I was obsessed with Lee Thompson Young. And that show was just, I love the whole premise of it. Like I brought it up before um, during a previous recap when we were talking about Lee Thompson Young's uh, unfortunate passing. Because for ever since Jet Jackson, I've kept up with his career from Jet Jackson on through Rizzoli and Isles, you know, where which was the show he was working on at the time of his passing. But I was in love with him as a kid and in love with that show. Like, I just thought it was super cool that it was set in North Carolina and the whole premise of him being like this actor that, you know, was playing this big action crime fighting star. And then he's also kind of juggling just these regular normal kid experiences or whatever. Like, it was Mm -hmm. cool to see because you saw other other shows where, you know, kids would be in these like performing art schools and doing all this stuff, but it tend to be like the white Disney stars. Yep. So it was kind of cool to see a black kid having that experience or whatever. And he had a couple that there were a lot of really good episodes when I started kind of going back and digging. Cause there are a lot of them on YouTube that you can actually go and watch now. Um, and I watch them with my, with my oldest daughter from time to time. And there was one that I had almost completely forgotten about. And it's like a, it's got like a groundhog day type thing to it. And basically mm-hmm. Jet just has, so it starts off with him just having like the worst day ever. He, has this long shoot he has to do um, on set. And then he promises dad that they were going to go on like some kind of like camping trip or something. Um, He gets to school and his good friend, one of his good friends has like dyed her hair. And he, you know, she asks him, you know, how does my hair look? And he tries to like make like a good natured joke, but it hurts her feelings. And then he gets in class and he gets in trouble because his presentation has like, I think like rap in it or something like that. And the teacher is not feeling it. And then he ends up on set for way too long because they keep getting tapes wrong. So then he misses like the bus (laughs) to go on the camping trip with his dad. Like the whole day just completely goes to craps. And so he basically wants to like do the day over. And so he ends up doing the same day over and over and over again. And eventually, you know, ends up trying to get it right and realizing that he, you know, can't make everybody happy. So it's basically about his pressure of trying to pretty much make everyone happy in his life and realizing that sometimes things are going to go wrong. You can't make everybody happy. That episode is like super cute. Because, like, the same thing happens to him, like, every morning. It's that classic, you know, person throwing the newspaper or, like, clucking you in the head with it and stuff. And I'm like, you are, you've done this day, like, four times. And you're still getting hit in the head with the newspaper. What are you doing, Jet? Move out of the way. Like, you know the newspaper's coming. He finally catches it on the last day. And I'm like, thank you. Because you got hit. <laughs> yeah, you got hit, like, three times with that same newspaper. What are you doing? Like, this should be the one part of your day that you should be getting right, sir. What, right. What's happening right now? But see, like with time stuff like that, like if you screw it up, you're just going to mess something up else in the timeline. So he's, right. he can catch the paper one time, but like the next time he's going to get hit with something else and it's going to be way worse than getting hit with the newspaper. Right. So it just, because like the same thing happened the second day where he, so he decided to like be serious and say, you know, well, I really like your, you know, I really like your hair. I think it's cool that you made a change and stepped outside of your comfort zone. And she's like, you know, well, thanks for being sarcastic. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> he's just trying to help you like accept your hair girl she was not trying to hear nothing he was trying to say so that episode was super cute and then um there was one episode where they had destiny's child on and so mm-hmm. yeah so basically it, and it this had to have been around like i think when i look back it was in like late to late 2000 so this was when destiny's child had become a trio and it was like right in the middle of all that controversy where you know the say my name video and you know i think latavia and latoya look and oh look it's two girls in our place and at this point like even poor farah which i don't even know why they even added her to the group she just came and left bless her heart but at this point they were it was just like you know beyonce kelly 
Michelle or whatever. And they were mm-hmm. on Jet's show. And in the context of the show, they were a part of a case that he was working. And they were like somehow accidentally smuggling some contraband on like their worldwide tour. So he was having to like follow them or protect them from goons and all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, it's like really more of like a Beyonce appearance because literally yeah. like in the very beginning, they do a take and they yell cut. And, you know, I think Kelly speaks like one sentence and Michelle speaks like one sentence. And like the rest of the episode is just pretty much Beyonce. Like, I don't even know where Kelly, I don't even know where Kelly and Michelle go for the rest of the episode, but they're cute because they, you know, they're so much younger and you think about like, this is like a late teen, early twenties Beyonce or something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so funny because they get off the stage and she's like, you know, Jet, how'd I do? You know, do you think I did a good job acting and stuff? And of course, you know, she's no longer acting in the show that's within the show. She's just acting on the regular show now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we all love Beyonce, but she's. Never, she's not really not the great actress. Act, greatest actress and so she's like you know do I do, do I do a good job you know <clears throat> be straight up with me am I really good at acting you know I'm, I'm good at singing I got a great grasp on that and stuff but do you think I got a future as an actress and Jet's like yeah sure you know you did great and stuff and I'm mm-hmm. like Jet I know you ain't lost to this woman on TV Jet told the biggest lie that he told throughout the whole series mm-hmm. by telling Beyonce <laughs> that she was a natural actress and I'm like Mm. no and then, i mean it's so cute from that point you forward ain't lie, Craig. yeah because he like hangs out of her town she hangs out in his town and comes to the school and like sees what his life is like and stuff and he's got the biggest crush on her and everything because obviously she's beyonce and even in Jen, jet jackson universe that still means she's just you know the top echelon of of, of girls and women to like at the time Right. So it is. It's so cute. And they actually look really good together. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about it and I went and kind of like Googled, looked up their ages and stuff around the time. And they're only like two or three years apart in age. Oh, wow. So I'm like, hmm, that would have been a good looking couple. Like they look so cute together. So I do. I love that episode or whatever because it's cheesy and it's corny and Beyonce can't act. Bless her. But it's just so funny. That's not what we like her for. Right. But it's just so funny to like see a Beyonce before she became like Beyonce, you know, doing things. Yeah. It's like when she was on Smart Guy. Like yeah. seeing them up there before, yeah, seeing too. them before they became. So it was kind of like the same thing except for a Jet kind of developed this crush on her, but of course she's Beyonce and she's got to move on and continue about her life and everything. But it's funny that they had Destiny's Child like playing a role in a case on his show and had them come to North Carolina to like film on his show. so it is those cameos were always great. it is the cameos were great or whatever so we'll have to i have to find the link for that because i know for a fact that that episode is it's very grainy of course but it is mm-hmm. on youtube so i have to link that so that way people can see a young beyonce not doing a great acting job beside lee thompson young who was absolutely wonderful so disney i know you're not listening but if somebody could even get in disney's ear or harass them in some kind of way put the famous Jet Jackson on your streaming service and the movie. Cause both that was good as well. I didn't even know there was a movie. There was a movie cause it ended in like 2001 and then they did like a movie and kind of, I guess kind of got the wrap up and stuff that they really wanted to get. So, I mean, it was a good thing in a way, but I don't know. I don't know why the show ended. I just feel like Disney shows just like went for a certain number of seasons and they were like, eh, we're just going to let it, yeah, we're just going to let it go and move on to something else because we're making a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and that's there. There's so many more that, you know, we could talk about could go on probably forever and ever talking about sitcoms. But that's all that I have. That's all that I got, too. Yep. So we back. We're back. 
this one was kind of a long one. We kind of rambled on a bit and stuff like that, but it's all good because you guys haven't heard us talk for a while. So you got to listen to us talk for like an hour and 45 minutes. And hopefully we entertained you. I know you missed us. I know you did because I missed us. I missed doing this. Me too. Yes, and I'm so happy to be back. So if you guys want to add anything else to the black sitcom conversation, and you don't have to be black to answer the conversation. I know that there are people from other ethnic backgrounds that enjoy black sitcoms. So please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Nostalgia Mix Pod. And let's talk about some of your favorite black sitcoms. Who are the characters that you like? What episodes did you like? What about your favorite cameos and anything? Anything you want to talk about black sitcom related? Let us know and we'll be glad to keep the conversation going. We're checking the hashtag and we're hoping to hear more from you guys in the future. So again, make sure that you're rating our podcast when you can, getting us up in those search engines so that way people can see that the Nostalgia Mixtape exists. And we will talk to you guys next time. Y'all have a great week. Yes, yes. Bye. Okay, bye.